Betting Preview Podcast from Pregame.com. Pregame.com. Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip. Vegas, baby. With your host, R.J. Bell. I saw him on ESPN. Can I call Marco Daddy? VR seems wild. Georgia Tech at Virginia Tech Thursday Night Football, and it's my video best bet of the week. But first, Marco, what, in your opinion, should betters be looking at? Well, since week three, this Virginia Tech offense has been in high gear. I really think Georgia Tech's going to have a problem shutting them down on Thursday night. All right, so you have a lean towards Virginia Tech. Small lean to Virginia Tech right now, yep. Okay, I actually, and I'll just get right to it, I love Virginia Tech here. It's rare for me... To, to lay a big number. But I think this is a perfect storm of situational spots. One, and, and maybe I'll hit you with each one and, and get your thoughts if, if there's anything that you feel is contradictory about it. Vegas has Virginia Tech in their rankings. Uh, the odds makers do rankings. Number 13 in the country. So this is a team that Vegas has a much higher opinion of than the general public. And why doesn't the general public have a high opinion? Because of that one-two punch early in the year. Losing to Boise in a high, highly viewed game. Mm-hmm. And then while this team was in everyone's mind, oh, Virginia Tech just lost to Boise. I wonder how they're going to do next week. They lose to James Madison, not even a Division I school. Nothing could have happened to get people's opinion lower on Virginia Tech. I mean, James Madison. Since then, they've actually covered six straight games. So, but that's been done under the radar. So one, I think the combination of the opinion of Vegas and just what I know about public perception means that Virginia Tech's probably a little underrated. I agree with you, Ed. You know, and like you said, it's a lasting impression from the beginning of the season. The public just don't move quick enough to make adjustments. The thing is, when they did lose those two games, we've talked about it before, goals. What are teams' goals coming to the season? Now, yes, Virginia Tech was ranked high at the beginning of the season, so aspirations of possibly being national champion was there. That's the only goal that's gone. They control their own destiny in the ACC. They're undefeated. They run the table. They're in a BCS Bowl. And who would have ever thought that the third week of September after those first two games? Okay, so clearly losing to Boise, there was a hangover. That's how you lose to a team like James Madison. But since, like you said, no, you know, they've been playing well. And you make a good point. As we're entering into the last four weeks or so of the season, they every reasonable goal they could have had for since the beginning of the year, they still have. So you're saying not only underrated, but, but high motivation, likely. Definitely. Agreed. Now, second point. Virginia Tech has covered 17 of 21, so 17 and 4, in November. Now, I'm a big fan of the monthly stats, the first month of the year and the last month of the year. Because the first month is how you do early, the last month is how you do late. And let's think about it. In college, except for a few games in December, which are the championship games you know, within a conference typically, and then you know, the, uh, a couple academy games or whatever, it's November. November is the end of the year. So to me, 
you've got a longtime coach at Virginia Tech that literally this isn't this isn't seventeen and fourteen. This is seventeen winners. Imagine seventeen little marks, then four. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a dominant. This is a team that comes on late in the season. That goes. It's a you know. Go right to Frank Beamer. This is coaching. How you finish. Any sport that you talk about is how you finish the game. Well, how does he finish the season? He keeps the team's focus. If he has a team that's not playing well, clearly he keeps their attention to the end of the season and build the next year. And if it's a team that's in the hunt, he knows how to handle the pressure with the team. That's why you have that kind of point spread. I've got another one for you. Is in this price range of over a touchdown, but... Two touchdowns or less. So, so, compa- so it's logical, this, this group, because they're supposed to win, but it's a competitive game. Okay. Over 7.5, le- 14 or less. Virginia Tech, under Beamer, has covered 14 of the last 18 in that grouping. Well, I'm going to add that to my I'll, – I'll put this up on the comments section. <laughs> I like it. So 14 of – 14 of 18 when they've been favored by 7.5 to 14 points. And one of the nice things we can do on videos is talk about trends and what's the logic behind them. I think in this one is, again, you're supposed to win, but it's, a, but it's still a competitive game. Because we've talked about in other videos how once you get past 21 especially, mm-hmm. and oftentimes past 14, it's not really about how good the team is. It's how motivated are they to keep the, pedal on the, mat, repeat the, keep the foot on the pedal late in the game. Here, there's no scenario that you're going to be up, you know, you're not going to be up nine with six minutes and, and, and not be thinking we want one more touchdown. Right. So it's a competitive game. And it's, I go to a good defensive team is going to still play defense to the end and not give up those backdoor covers. All right, good. Next up, Virginia Tech's off a bye. They're 12-7 and seven ATS. Now, good coach, off a bye usually is good ATS results. So back to, like you said, Beamer. But here's what makes this especially important. Georgia Tech has a quirky offense with their triple option. That's one of the things that we'll probably talk about a good bit during the college bowl season is teams that have a quirky offense are at a disadvantage because they have a whole month to prep for it. Here, you've got Virginia Tech having two weeks to prep for that. So not only are they typically good after a bye, but they're going to be especially effective with that extra time getting ready for the quirky offense. Absolute good point, and the fact that when you're once you're into conference play, this coach has been there now. I believe this is third season at Georgia Tech, so this will be the third time Virginia Tech has faced them. They have played them the last two years. The only point that I will make: the last two meetings, and it was the only pause I had here, were decided by a total of eight points between these two. Okay. Now, lastly, Virginia Tech is 14 of 18 ATS on Thursday night games. Now, we've talked about what makes a Thursday night game different. The home crowd, mm-hmm. the preparation time, uh, those are the two main things. And you've got a coach that's been through it all, and a coach has done very well in that spot. You know, this is another thing about Thursday night games, and there was a coach, I believe his name was Sonny Lubbock. Uh, Lubbock, yeah. Lubbock at uh, Colorado State. At the beginning, when they started these Thursday night games for ESPN, Nobody really wanted to be on them because it's a change of schedule and everything else. But some of these coaches, Colorado State was on all the time, it seemed like. 
they used it as a recruiting tool oh, yeah. because once you know people see your schools on TV and say, "Hey, I go play there," you know, I'm going to be on TV. And especially now, that's changed a little bit with ESPN 360 and all the cable channels now. Every game's on TV, but I, ten years ago, that was a huge deal. And I too. think going back to a thing like you know Frank Beamer, he used that because let's face it, Virginia Tech, way back in the day, wasn't a powerhouse in the ACC. That you know, it was a program that was built from the ground up with Beamer. Okay, so I'm going to make my official best bet. This is my best pick of the entire week on a video right here on Virginia Tech. Now we've actually have a couple of exciting things. One is we have the newsroom is is buzzing. We just keep going. Is Virginia Tech, or we have our dollar pick. And that's every Thursday what mm -hmm. we do is we, as a thank you to the uh, customers, is we give one best bet. And this week it looks like it's going to be Vegas Runner. He's a very well-known capper for a dollar. So you get his very best bet that day for only a dollar. And you can do that at pregamepros.com. So that's one nice little thing we're doing on Thursday. But also every week in one of our videos we give away a $10 coupon. And usually we give it in one of our best bets so let's just uh, give it right now, Mark. All right. $10 coupon this week is Iowa 10. That's Iowa. I, I, Iowa the state, yeah. one and zero. Why are, we, why are we saying that? I don't get it. I, Iowa, I, I guess, was a good game last week for somebody. All right. All right. Let's cut the BS. Marco <laughs> dominates his game of the year. Huge sales. I mean, there's so many people. I mean, I wonder how many tens of thousands of dollars were we beat the bookies with off the all the guys that bought your pick and, and bad it. I know That'd be an interesting stat. It would be. I know they didn't offer me any comps at the Bellagio for the <laughs> buffet this week. Uh, but you know what's nice about a game of the year, and I actually talked about this on uh, Dan Beebe's uh, radio or podcast, which you can check out all of our podcasts at pregamepodcast.com. One of the better ones this week too, I'll say. Yeah, but we talked about what a game of the year really is, and a game of the year is, if done used properly, mm -hmm. and that's what we talked about in that podcast, is the very best pick in a big category, which in this case was college football, uh, by a, a good handicapper, and you are now 25-6 and six on, on your game of the year in college football, which means you've been doing this for 31 years. Amazing. I don't look that old, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, all the makeup and, yeah. and production. All right, so we got a lot of good stuff here. We got the dollar pick. We have my best bet. We have the $10 coupon. And, again, that's pregame pros. You just do it in the checkout. You use the coupon. And there you go. So that's it for the Thursday action. Now it's your turn to continue the conversation in the comments section with me and Marco. And next up, we're going to be talking about the Thursday game. Now, this game really shows... Oh, actually. I'm sorry, the Friday game. This game really shows you how betting is important because there's no other scenario I'd be talking Central Florida at Houston. <laughs> we'll be right back. For the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit pregameaction.com. For free real-time odds, lines, and scores, visit pregamelines.com. Central Florida at Houston. This is Friday night ESPN action. Marco, what you better be looking at? A lot of scoring in this game. Both teams can score, but only one team can play defense, and that team is Central Florida, and I think that's the difference in this ballgame. 
Okay, so where do you get, you have that opinion. Some opinions come from your eyes. You watch the games. Mm -hmm. Some opinion comes from stats. I'm guessing you haven't watched a lot of Central Florida games. So give me some stats on this. Well, going to the the teams can score, uh, Central Florida, 42, 35, 41, and 49 points in their last four games. Houston also, in their last two games, 45 and 56 points. But they were against SMU and Memphis, two teams that Memphis is just an absolutely horrible team. SMU is an offensive team that plays no defense. Central Florida owns the better defense. They did give up 35 points last week to East Carolina. That game got into a shootout early. But before that, they held five teams this year to 17 points or less. Central Florida. Okay, now... That, all, that makes some sense to me. Here's a concern I might have is the game opened up at two, and it's now three and a half. Now, we all know the key number in football is three with seven being You actually have that backwards. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, it opened at three and a half and is now two. Okay, so that brings up another question. <laughs> that it, it, whenever you, That's really an interesting point because whenever you have an early move, it means one of two things. If it's towards your side, you're now getting a worse number, and then the question becomes, how bad can the lines makers be? And, and if, if, you know, if, if the line was that, it couldn't be that far off to start with. Like, we've had times where the game opens up at four, all of a sudden it goes to six and a half, and the touts are saying, you know, not pregame touts, hopefully, lay the six and a half. And I'm like, well, really, my question is, how bad could the lines maker have been? Because if you're laying six and a half, you think the line should at least be eight and eight and a half, eight or eight and a half. So now all of a sudden the lines maker opened it at four, but it should have been eight and a half. Were they that far off? So on one hand is if the line goes with you, you're getting the worst of it. If the line goes against you, you're betting against the wise guys. So in this case, it would seem your central floor opinions betting against the wise guys. Does that cause you pause as a handicapper? When you, anytime you see an early line move, yes, it's going to cause you pause, you're going to dig a little deeper and see if there's something that you're missing. And I think that what the wise guys possibly are looking here, and I've got a different view and I'll explain it to you, this Houston team's coming off playing three in a row on the road. That's normally, you know, they don't do it hardly at all in the NFL anymore. There is actually one team this week, we'll talk about them later Steelers. in the video, that played three, and they had it here in college. So I think they're looking and saying, okay, Houston's been on the road, you know, for so long. They're back at home. It's a Friday night game. Crowd's going to be in it, blah, blah, blah. And I think they're, they want the home So dog. what you're saying is you're saying you see where the hand because really wise guys are handicappers. Mm -hmm. The guys putting the bets in may or may not handicap the game, but all betting is is saying this is what the number should be in my opinion. Here's what the number is. If there's a variance, I'm going to bet it for value. You're saying that whoever's doing the sharp handicapping for the, for the syndicates, for the outfits, they're seeing something that you think they're overvaluing. There is, and what I'm looking at, I view it differently because normally on these short week games, they have the week off before. A lot of times they schedule their bye before they'll play a Thursday or a Friday game. These teams both played last week. I think come the second half, fatigue is going to be a problem for this Houston team because they've played three road games. Now one last day. But if the, team, if the road team doesn't have the, the bye coming in, 
then that's actually a, a bigger disadvantage because as a road team, you're losing a day to travel. Now you're losing another day. You lose a day to travel. And again, you're, you'll probably say I read too much in. As I, if you think back to the beginning of the tape when I said, other than last week, they we, held we don't for, use tape anymore. Well, it's, it's vid- digital. Vid- digital. But <laughs> you used to do videos with the hand uh, crank you know, and stuff, right? My first phone, I had a string to it, okay? <laughs> but, you know, the situation being, I said that they held all those teams to 17 or less, but last week they didn't. And I think that Central Florida didn't play as physical brand of football as they normally do last week, No, you know, because you got that short week coming back up. I think you're going to see Central Florida put the lockdown on Houston, make their normal physical style, and I think that's going to have its wear and tear. All right, so the, but let's dig in, though. I love what we're talking about here is you're saying I'm Marco D'Angelo. I'm wearing a jacket right now. Mm-hmm. I've, I won 21 straight baseball games without laying... 25, actually. 25 straight baseball <laughs> games without laying over 120. I am 25-6 and six on my college football games of the year. I'm Marco, right? Mm-hmm. Some variation of that. And I know why the Sharps are playing this, and I disagree. But fact is, because the Sharps did play it, I'm getting, I'm only laying two instead of laying three and a half. And I'm on the odds maker side. And really, if you think about it, going through three, laying two when, let's just say the line should be three and a half. Let's just Mm -hmm. say that the odds makers were right. That's all the value you need. You're going to hit over 52.4, which is all you need to be profitable, just laying two instead of three and a half. So as it's really you and the odds makers against the Sharps in this case. Which if you, that's the beauty of it, is if you have a strong enough opinion as a handicapper to buck the Sharps, you can actually come away with the best of the number every time you go against them. You can. I mean, you have to be smart with it. And like I said, that's what made me dig further into this game and look at the situations is because I wanted to understand that move and make sense of it. And, you know, the three-game thing stuck out to me, you know. All right. One last thing. This is kind of a trend this week. We're going to talk about road teams that do really well on the road in college football. Now, one thing I've always believed is the very best college football teams, uh, the high states, the Floridas, the, the programs that run – almost at a professional level. Mm-hmm. They usually travel very well. And we're going to be doing the Alabama game, but we're going to talk about a road trend that they have, and High State has one too. Usually the lesser teams, people don't realize these operations are not professional. Essential Florida is, is, is kind of, let's just say it's very different than Alabama. Usually those teams have a ton more trouble on the road, and their ATS records show it. Central Florida's won 10 of 11 ATS on the road. Now, why is that? Well, 10 of 11 could be a fluke because uh, that's a low enough sample size that it's not necessarily going to be fully statistically significant. But it could be, and I don't have any inside information on this, they have a great director of football operations that just knows how to travel. they got a head coach that knows how to travel. But to some degree, you got to think this team can travel for whatever reason, which I think is another lean towards Central Florida. Good point. All right, anything to close before you give your uh, your official projection? I have Central Florida 34-30. Um, it is going to be a high-scoring game with the Friday night. We're going to take it. Not a big margin, but I think we've got that that's value. Two that and a half, that's the value right there. It. All right, good stuff. Now it's your turn to continue the conversation in the comments section with Marco and me. And next up, uh, so if you're listening on podcast. 
This is going to be the last one, so you go to the next podcast for all of the weekend stuff. And if you're on video, just go to the next video, and we're going to be breaking down the biggest weekend football games.